0: Hi everybody, I'm Jordan Nostroff with Legalese Marketing, and this is Exhibit A Attorneys, where we interview attorneys and other experts across the country to talk about what it truly takes to be the Exhibit A of a successful attorney. Today, we get a a double whammy, both an attorney and an expert when it comes to these things, Morris Lilenthal. Morris is a top-rated Alabama trial lawyer who's been selected seven times to Mid-South Super Lawyers list and the National Trial Lawyers Top 100. He's devoted his practice to representing injury victims and their families. And that same competitive nature and drive that helped him excel as a college football player continues to help in his law practice today. He's actively engaged in social media, which I think is putting it a little lightly. Um, Morris, you know, dedicates himself to providing knowledge, value, inspiration to others. Known on social media for his hashtag tips from Mo, which are daily video tips and his Facebook Live interview show, The Mo Show Live, uh, hands down one of my favorite Facebook Lives. And you're going to have to help me with this one. It's So it's the WKND WK shirt. So it's weekend work shirt.
1: Yeah, yeah, we, we can t- touch on those, Jordan. Yeah, I've gotten to be known a little bit for those weekend work shirts when I'm up here on the weekends working with my funny wacky t-shirts and, and hashtag it out. People get a real kick out of it.
0: Fantastic. And so when I talked uh, you know, I know Morris kind of undersold himself from the social media standpoint because he was one of the fellow contributing authors to the book, The Ultimate Guide to Social Media for Business Owners. Professionals Entrepreneurs by Mitch Jackson, which anybody listening, if you have not, if you don't know Mitch and you haven't read the book, highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, Mo finds that family and community are an integral part of his life. He's an active member in the Rotary Club of Madison, Alabama, and often volunteers at Madison Elementary School. He and his family are also avid supporters of the March of Dimes, having started a family team, Team Will, in honor of their late son. You can connect with Mo and learn more what he's doing at show. Dot live. That's T-H-E-M-O-S-H-O-W dot live. Thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Awesome. I'm excited about the opportunity and, and I love talking this stuff. I think a lot of lawyers... um Don't appreciate the value in engaging and being actively involved in social media and, and the lawyers, a lot of the lawyers that do don't understand the right way to do it. And that's my opinion. Um, but I I see a lot of lawyers doing that and they appear to be doing it the wrong way. So I look forward to talking to you today about the right way to do it.
0: All right. So anything you want to add to the intro, and then obviously we're going to talk about the social media mistakes to avoid so you can help grow your firm. No, you know, I, I've been practicing. This is
1: hard to believe it, Jordan, 18 years and um, but really enjoy practicing law. And it's my privilege to help people in their time of need. Um, but I'm also, you know, more importantly than that, like like hopefully everybody else. I'm a dad and I'm a husband and, and that's where my heart is. and And, and so. You know, I love my clients and, and enjoy helping them and, and fighting for them in and out of the courtroom. But, but you know, certainly like everybody else, my my priorities are my family first and then, and then everything else falls in afterwards.
0: Yeah, and it's always interesting to me because um, I think we'll touch on this. I always find that the better of a job you do with marketing, the more you really turn yourself and your firm into that magnet for clients, the more you can spend time with the family because you're not constantly chasing down, new clients to get paid, to cover payroll, to you know have to waste time with your family, to run in for an emergency consultation and make sure you sign the client up. Um, have you found that to be the case? I think so,
1: I think that's certainly true. Um, I think there is a, a, a real niche there and, and, and a, a balancing act that, that if you are um, actively you know doing your job and marketing and putting yourself out there, and not just on social, but in a lot of areas and doing, if you're doing a good job of that, then there's plenty of business out there. And um, that business should come and hopefully you're not, you know, scrounging. And certainly if you're starting a firm, if you're a new or young lawyer listening to this, you, you may have a little bit different mindset. As I said, I've been practicing 18 years and been very fortunate to to have a very successful practice and work at a successful law firm that that we we do a good job with with traditional old school network marketing and with the online marketing as well.
0: Fantastic. All right. So today we're going to be talking about social media mistakes to avoid to grow your firm. After you're done listening or watching this show, if you want to check out our last episode that aired on Monday with Ify Abekwe, who talked to us about how to use Clubhouse and Instagram to grow your firm. So we're keeping in the similar vein on social media here with Morris Lilenthal, my esteemed colleague and our wonderful guest. So I'm going to throw it to you with kind of that uh, opening softball question. Where should we start? We're talking about these mistakes to avoid on social media.
1: Yeah, I think number one is not being authentic, and I think I think what I see one there's a lot of lawyers that just aren't engaged. But I think that I see the lawyers and law firms that are engaged, Jordan, where I big where I see a big issue. Is I see lawyers just posting a graphic of if let's let's say for example let's use what I do for a living, and that is a personal injury law, trial law. I see people posting an image of a car crash and call me in a rag, need a check, and that's just not going to attract people. People are not going to relate to that. You know, you've got to build a connection with people, and so I think being authentic on social media for your firm. And you from a personal standpoint is is where it starts. And I can give you several examples of that, but but I think it starts and kind of some of this I shared in my, my chapter in Mitch's book. And that's a lot of what I'm known for, and that is sharing your why, sharing your human side. And I think some of some lawyers out there get really concerned about opening up and sharing a little behind the scenes. And again, Sometimes I may share more about my human side than other people may be comfortable doing. Some may share more about their human side, maybe certainly with politics or things than maybe I feel comfortable sharing. There's, there's a balancing act with what you're comfortable with. But I think the reason that I've had such success on social media is because I've been able to connect to people on a humanistic level. For example, if you follow me on social within a few minutes, you're going to know I'm a dad. Every other poster, fifth post or something is about me and my kid and my kid is into everything sports. If it's a ball and it rolls or it dribbles, we're going to be playing it at some point within a week, sometimes three sports within two days. And I'm not trying to be that dad who's, you know, making his kid do everything, but my kid loves it. And so I want to participate in it. And uh, I get here early so I can leave early to be at his practices because that's important to me. But people relate to that. So when I'm sharing we're at a baseball tournament and we've got the car packed like we're, you know, going to, to Disney World, people understand that, right? You know, I've shared one of my weekend work shirts to kind of bring it full full circle, Jordan, is um, one of my weekend work shirts is, a, is a, the cell phone battery like we all have at the top of our iPhone or Android. And it's a, with one little bar left and it's red and it's like dad life and it's like low battery. Right. So if you got kids, you, you get that. Right. Just that picture says I'm a dad. I'm tired. I got a lot going on. But people relate to that. Right. And so when I shared that shirt out up here one Saturday morning, I took a selfie and I was like, you know, whatever the comment was, people relate to being a parent. So that's something, for example, just that's just in one example. You know, uh, for example, me, I'm a heavy set guy. Right. I, I played sports in high school, played, played college football. I've always had a problem with my weight. And I'm either really heavy or, you know, medium. <laughs> I've never been skinny. and um, But I share that journey out there to let people know it's okay. And people know that other people struggle with that. And so I, I hashtag it fat to fit. And so, you know, right now, thankfully, knock on wood, I'm on the down end. I'm more of the medium range right now. am the lightest I've been in six or seven years. And so I'm sharing out my Peloton journey. And, and at first, I feel like, man, nobody cares about, you know, me being on the Peloton I can't tell you how many people a week DM me or share or comment on my post. Man, I wasn't going for a run today, but I saw you were up at 530 exercising. And that just inspired me to get off my butt and get something in today. I'm talking not one, not two. I'm talking 30 to 50 people over the last six months have done that. And so I'm relating to them. Or for one more example is we've got a little uh, miniature Dotson. He is like the boss of the house. People love pets, right? So I have a routine with my dog. The other that I do every morning, he likes to get up in the big bed before we leave. Before I leave for work, and and he gets under the covers and muscles up. I can go in and out of that bedroom ten times, and he'll never move. But I'll get a piece of cheese out of the fridge, which is his little treat before I leave, and I put him up for the day. When he hears that ruffle, he instantly comes out of the covers. I videoed that and shared it. It was unbelievable, the feedback that I got in comments, people that love dogs. Oh, my God, that's so cute. Blah, 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 blah. But when I'm relating to people, they're getting to know me. They're getting to like me. And so, correspondingly, that's why my DMs on all the social media channels are blowing up of people asking me legal questions and reaching out to me. Because they related to me on a human level first, as a dad, as a dog owner, as somebody who loves sports because we share sports. Or you mentioned you know something I'm super passionate about, and that's a parent who's lost a child. You mention and you share that stuff, man, people relate to you. They remember you because if you're sharing the car crash picture, which some of that needs to be done, you need, you need to brand yourself and let people know what you do for a living, but that shouldn't be where your focus is. At least that's my position and it's worked well for me. That's, that's tip number one, not being authentic. Six uh, social media mistakes. Number one, not being authentic.
0: So let me. The, the question that I have for people or the issue that I hear a lot is people not knowing what is their, I don't want to say uniqueness, but like, what about them should they be sharing? You know, So is there any advice or guidance you have to figure out like what that, what is that non-attorney part of your life that you should be sharing? Or is it really just share, you know, as much as you're comfortable from your normal life? Well,
1: I think there's a balancing act. I don't think you want to, you know, share every little day in, day out stuff. You know, I mean, you know, I have things here at the office that frustrate me or what I call grind my gears and and do that. You know, I'm not sharing that kind of stuff. If you're a nurse, nobody wants to hear certain things. Maybe, you know, that it's, you know, their frustrations at work. I think there's a balancing act. And what I I suggest is another another social media tip that I'm going to share with you. Um. Um, I'll see what we got. And, and that would really be the next tip that leads perfect into this, Jordan. And you didn't know these tips before, which is great, is not engaging with others on social media, and not posting enough. And, and those are the next couple of tips. And so what I would say is find something you're passionate about, because I think you need to engage and routinely post. I think as lawyers, I think one of the problems that we have on social media, with social media and with marketing is where's my ROI? And I want that ROI right now. You know, if I'm, if, if I'm turning on a TV commercial, I want, if I'm, you know, I'm doing a television campaign, I don't know how many cases I'm getting quickly, quickly, quickly. Or if I'm doing a PPC or if I'm trying to, you know, some of the, your world to talk SEO for a minute. And if I'm trying to grow an organic press, it doesn't happen overnight. Well, the same thing happens, same way with social. So you, you've got to organically build this. I've been doing the most show coming up on four years now. And it's just taken a long time. It's a slow burn. And so find something to directly answer your question. Find something that you're passionate about. Something whether it's, you know, something hikes, you know, I see lawyers that share about, you know, that they love hiking and, and biking or or you know, maybe maybe you're into scrapbooking. I don't know. Whatever it is, find those three or four things and share it out. And again, some things may be more personal some things may not be. Um, and and so, you know, find out what it is that that kind of Gets you going. And I promise you, you're not going to be the only one out there that, that, that in your circle of, of social media friends that, that are into that activity or, or that yeah, medium.
0: So it sounds like you're mixing, you know, a little bit of the work stuff, the family life, the personal stuff, hobbies and interests. I mean, is there a is there a plan of like, you know, one work post a week? Or do you just kind of let it flow more naturally?
1: I kind of let it flow more naturally. So now we're we're kind of sort of talking. I'm, I'm I'm mixing in here work. You know, my firm's Martin Senebeson. and so I'm mixing in that in. So you know, we we do post on social there, uh, and we mix in post about you know there are some graphics we posted one this past week about motorcycle accidents. But we also posted one about, you know, I think one day it was Legal Assistance Day or something this week, and we posted about our staff and how we enjoy that. But we'll post stuff about, you know, the local shelter, you know, the local pet shelter or something like that, and promoting them if something's going on to get out and promote them. You know, early, about a year ago, we um, bought dinner for the entire emergency room staff here at the major hospital. As a thank you for what they're doing during the pandemic crisis when it was in the height of it. Hey, we, you know, we took a picture uh, of, of the hospital and shared that out and did not about, and we, and we directed the, the post, not as to how great we are, but how thankful we are for what the first responders in our community are doing to, to assist and get us through this tragedy right now. Again, this has been a year ago when everybody was kind of still freaking out about everything. And, and it was, you can help too. Here's how you can help. Here are the resources and here's some information. And by the way, you know, we're appreciative that we could do this. And we got, oh my gosh, you can't believe the engagement that we got thanking us for doing that. But that was not how the post was written. That's not how the graphic was scripted. So we do a lot of that as well. We do contests, giveaways, those kinds of things that, that are engaging around in the community for our law firm. And then, for example, yesterday, we shared a picture of one of our staff members' dogs and, oh only Everybody's comment about how cute the dog is. So, you know, we we mix it in and out of the firm as well.
0: So, and then, you know, you were talking about, um, you know, tip number two, or I guess mistake number two being not engaging enough. And I always look at that kind of twofold one, you're engaging with other people's posts and two, you're also engaging with those who engage with your posts. You know, it's always weird to me when somebody will write something on, you know, LinkedIn, they'll get a hundred comments on it. And then they don't ever talk to anybody in the comments when those are people that spent time and effort. So are you looking at engagement in that same way?
1: Yeah, I think, there's, I think there's a couple of things there. So I would say not engaging with others on social and just sharing. And so what I would say is, you know, certainly we started off with number one about, you know, sharing your why, sharing your human side, sharing information out there. But I think what we miss is it's just all about us and we're just sharing about us as opposed to I see a post that you share work related, not work related. And I'm not commenting or resharing if it's something that I think my, you know, my audience, the people that, that follow me on social, would be engaging in. Because if I think you need to have that Bob Berger mentality of the go-giver and, and it's just providing value and sharing things with and engaging without any expectations for anything in return. And 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 that's hard for a lot of people, especially lawyers. <laughs> To, to understand that they're like, well, if I'm going to be doing something on social, I'm going to be promoting myself, right? It's all about you know me, the big bad trial lawyer, or me, the estate planning lawyer, or the criminal defense lawyer. But a lot of people don't care about that because they don't need your services right now. And so if you're engaging with your audience and, and them and, and sharing their message, because that's talking about what to share and post you might find out that some of your friends are involved in the local humane society you're doing. And if you see that, then engage with that or join other, you know, groups are so popular on, on Facebook, for example, join those groups. Or for example, you mentioned clubhouse. I'm kind of dabbling in clubhouse right now. Um, find groups that are, that, you, that you're in interest about, and then jump in and listen and share those groups meetings that are coming up out. And a lot of people I saw you shared something about being on a clubhouse. Uh, coming up, share that out. If that's something you think your followers would want to do, because you know, if you share that out, people are going to appreciate you. And then they're going to start liking and engaging with your post as well.
0: Yeah. And along those lines, um, Stacey Brown Randall, who has a great podcast and is coming on our show, I want to say next month, did a thing for November where it was like 30 days of gratitude leading into Thanksgiving and, and nothing was about you. You know, it was leave a great review for a, a local business owner it was, you know, share a course that helped you go through all those things. And it was amazing to me how many cases I got or how many connections I, I made or rebuilt from like truly genuinely thanking, you know, 30 people for things that they had done. Um, and then, of course, I always tell myself I'm going to keep doing it and then I forget. So I just, I love that concept of, you know, resharing other people's stuff and making sure that you're pushing that forward because it is interesting. Like you will get a tangible benefit from that stuff when you don't do it expecting the tangible benefit
1: hundred percent hundred percent and I just yeah that's who I am at a core I think that's the right thing to do it's funny to me um, social what I've told people when I've been asked to speak before on this is you know this firm for example my law firm was founded in 1937 been around a long time and the firm grew up and even when I got here twelve thirteen years ago the firm is really at its core Grinning Grip. It was networking based upon relationship marketing, just local, very successful. I like that.
0: Grinning grin Grip. I've never heard of before. Grip. Yeah,
1: just, that's old handshake. Yeah, and 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 it's still built that way a lot of it. But when I came in, I, I had fortunate enough to have my partners trust me enough to say, "Look, you can do what you're doing and continue." But how many times full can you make those connections? You and I. We didn't meet in Huntsville, Alabama at the street corner. I didn't meet you at the courthouse. We met through social and interacting. I can take the traditional marketing of relationship marketing, one-on-one marketing or in a small setting like my Rotary Club, and magnify that times 10 or 100 by networking with people all over the country and building relationships with people all over the country. I mean, I had a lawyer in another state recently refer me a wrongful death case. I've never met the gentleman but he's listened to me speak at other places and follows me on social.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that's something that we've been doing, especially over the last year for like, you know, ultra high net worth estate planning clients. We'll run, we'll run entire ad campaigns just for referral sources. You know, you target financial advisors, business attorneys, family law attorneys, et cetera. And it's, it's been so interesting to see the ability to use a little bit of what would be traditional ad spend really to increase the traditional marketing effort of networking.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the next one, Jordan, I would say would be, you know, we kind of touched and mentioned on this, but but not not being consistent about posting and and, 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 and have initially, if you're trying this out in your firm and in your personal post, being worried about how many comments and likes and shares or if you're sharing video, how many views you get. Um, I think that's a big concern. It's like, well, Man, I I'm, I only got three comments on that that picture or that post, or I only got you know fifty views on that video, um and and I think that's a problem. You know, when I started the Mo Show, you know, it's probably with my mom and the mom of my guests that may have been watching, or sharing or comment. And um, you know, some some shows seem to get more traction than others, but I think it's about that mindset. As we said earlier, it's not about it's not going to be instantaneous that this is it's not a marathon it's not a sprint it's not even really a marathon it it, it's just never ending that you have to have that mindset that this this is something you and your firm are going to engage in to try to use social and there's different ways to use social you know you, you know you what you're talking about from a marketing standpoint we do a good job and i think some agencies are really helpful with If you were trying to use sponsored ads or ads to try to attract a certain type of client, that's one type of way that we use social. And we do a lot of that here. We've done a lot of that with the um, 3M earplug cases and had a lot of success using social and and, uh, digital ads to get those clients in the door, thankfully. But what I'm talking about is not really that. That is more engaging with people by post and video and comment and liking and sharing other people's video. But don't don't be worried about you know where you start. And I think the other thing I would tell you to give you an example, I had probably been doing the most show about a year, and I had a I was back home, which is about three and a half hours away from where I live now. In the Dollar General, I don't know if everybody has a Dollar General, but they're taking over the world here in Alabama. They're like Walmart, the mini WalMarts. And I was in a Dollar General store and I ran into somebody I went to school with. I hadn't seen this guy in 25 years. We're friends on social friends. And he comes up to me and he said, Mo, what's up, man? I said, hey, man, how are you? Man, it's been forever kind of thing. He said, man, I was watching your Mo show the other day with the BBB president. Now, this is the BBB president in my town, not where he lives, not even in the same part of the state. And he said, man, I'm loving what you're doing. I told my wife the other day, if we ever need a lawyer, we're calling Big Mo. That's what they call me back home. He's never commented. He's never shared. I had no idea he was tuning in. I mean, that just shows you, you just because you're not commenting, do it. And part of it is, is, is T-O-M-A. As is, you probably know that term, Jordan, and it's top of the mind advertising if you were consistent about posting whatever it is you're posting and i don't mean posting just to be posting, it needs to be it needs to have some some thought in it and some traction to it but if you were consistent with what you were doing you you know people see that and they do that And that's kind of what my recent stuff with some of my, my um peloton stuff has been but you know the tips from i get traction with my tips from my one if they're good tips most of the time but I get traction because I've been consistent with it for years. I've done hundreds of them, probably a thousand. And, um, but it's, it's you've got to have that consistency mindset. It can't be, well, I've done 15 of these things where, where all the clients at.
0: No, absolutely. Is there any guidance in terms of the talk about consistency of posting? I mean, three times a week, once a day depends upon the platform. Depends upon if you have something worthwhile to share. I think
1: all of the above. I think I think there is a. Um, I think you need to be posting regularly. You know, for, so for example, for a platform like Twitter, I think you can post multiple times a day. I think that's probably more acceptable on Twitter, um, personally, and on, on, the, on, the, on from a, a law firm type page perspective. Um, Facebook, I'd say one to two times a day. Uh, you know, and if you don't have anything, I may go a day or two and don't post something, but I generally post something once a day um Instagram, I usually at least do a story a day, I, and I may not have a post every day um but every other day at least and then um and some of those things are, some some posts are better or some things especially maybe from a personal perspective, maybe better built for stories if you're not familiar, those a little. 60 second type captions at the top of Instagram that, that go away after 24 hours. And the same thing with, with, with Facebook and so forth and fleets. Uh, I don't know I how many people are looking at fleets on Twitter, but that's out there now. Um, but I would say be consistent and, and err on the side, at least of, of posting more often than less often.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love the, um, especially between the Facebook stories, Instagram stories, you can post the same one in both spots. On Instagram, it'll also let you post things to Twitter. It's a little weird with the, um, I basically just post the text and the comment back.
1: But One thing I would comment there that I think a lot of people worry about, um, and that is over posting the same content. Now, again, there are certain things that, that, you know, there's no doubt. The things that I might share on Facebook, I don't ever share on, on, on LinkedIn because that's not the right audience for that typically. You know, the, the video or post about my dog, I'm not sharing that on LinkedIn. Sometimes it might be appropriate, but generally not. But the show stuff, I cross post. But I don't worry about, I shared it on Instagram, and I've got a lot of the same followers on Facebook that I'm posting the same video or graphic or whatnot because the algorithms are different, and people may not have seen it on one or seen it on the other, and nobody's going to get upset that if they see a cute picture of your dog on one that they saw the cute picture of your dog on the other. They're just not.
0: Yeah, know I've heard, you know, depending upon the platform, like at most 6 to 8% of your following will see a normal post. And then obviously you figure, even if you have the same, you know, 100 people, if eight of them are going to see it, the odds of it being, you know, this uh, an overlapping eight between the two uh, makes perfect sense. Absolutely. That's so, doing it. so consistency, uh, obviously, you know, that's a huge thing. And, and I love the really like patience as well yeah. as consistency.
1: huge. Yeah. So the next thing, um, and this is really big, and this is something that I think a lot of people don't do, and that's that is not doing a good job of repurposing your content. Make sure you repurpose your content. And what do I mean? Let me give some examples. So, you know, if for example, you, you you your firm does a lot of blogs, or you have good content somewhere on your website, repurpose that content. So if you're if you're in estate planning, and you've got and a uh, stuff that frequently asked questions, turn those into posts. And again, I'm not saying your feed should be all those posts, but periodically once a week or once every other week or twice a month or however many times you want to schedule those out, use that kind of information because you've already got that content. And so when I say repurpose it, put it out there in a different format or share it out in a different way. Another example would be, for example, I do my live video show, the show live and um you do that and i don't just let my show live there right so my show i do my show then i have the audio ripped from the show and it turns into a podcast i don't do anything else for the podcast the podcast is my video show i have an intro and an outro that was cut the um, the the video or the audio from that is sent to rev.com to get a transcript to use and then i also turn a 60 second snippet of every Mo show live into an audiogram or and i use headliner we use headliner.app so i can post promote the interview by taking up you know a good little snippet and post that out and then link that to you know the podcast tag my guest in it send it to my guest for them to share all that coming from the one show so i'm able to take that one time of uh, instance of time that i'm doing the show where i'm you know, hey, I blocked this hour off to, to to interview Jordan today, but I'm gonna get several posts out of that one interview. And um, so, I think be mindful of that is that when you're doing stuff, that you can repurpose that, share it out. For another example, some of the things that we do when we when we send um, email blasts, we send our email, a monthly email blast to our clients. We will repurpose content, blogs, videos, Mo shows. M&B, we call them MNB lives if we've done a, a Martin and Beeson live. We'll repurpose that and link that over to our YouTube channel for our guests to see it. Because, again, like you said earlier, a lot of people probably didn't see that, or the majority of people didn't see it the first time it went out.
0: Well, the beauty of it is with, you know, and then also with Hootsuite, Buffer, Hero Post, whatever you're using, you can take a lot of these clips and then just stagger them out over different platforms over different times. So, you know, if the, if the Mo show goes live the first week of the month then you get the audiogram, the second week of the month, then you can post it on Instagram, the third week of the month. Then it can be in the newsletter, the fourth week of the month, just it's, it's always, it's amazing to me to see how you can drive things to different locations over time to bring people back to the tentpole content, the show, the, the newsletter, whatever it is you're trying to get most of the people connected with.
1: Yeah. and, and, and. and part of that too is is it takes some of the burden of you as a as a law firm owner and a business owner trying to keep pushing content 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 you take you know you don't have to have quite as much if you can repurpose it into in snippets like that
0: makes total sense yeah i'm a huge fan of repurposing and i always and i agree with you i always like starting with the video because then you can pull audio you can take out images you can cut snippets you get a lot more opportunity it whereas if you start with just a podcast with just audio you can't really flip it into a video
1: we're feeding off of each other this is like we planned this and i promise we didn't so my next tip is not embracing video social media mistakes not embracing video
0: great minds think alike gmta um so what i hear from a lot of
1: people and let me let me raise my hand if you're listening to an audio version of this i'm raising my hand i am the first to admit I had to be coaxed and pushed and prodded by Mitch and some other friends of mine when I was trying to really dive head first and start doing video. I didn't like the way I looked. I don't like the way I sound sometimes, but I think that's about everybody unless you're an actor or an actress. And and I think that's very normal that I don't like the way I look on camera. You know, I don't like the way I sound or I can't get through a, a video without bubbling or stumbling over my words. Folks, people relate to video content. You, there's just a, a way that when you eyeball somebody like this, they relate to you and you make a connection with them when you're either doing something like we're doing now or whether you're doing my tips from where I turn, my, I turn my phone around like this and I'm doing a 60-second tip or I'm sharing a live video of my kid at bat you know, or, or whatever. People relate to that. So there's a different way of relating to that than just a stagnant post. That's number one. Um, and, and, you know, I think what I, where I see people struggle, Jordan, is a lot of people are perfectionist and I get that a lot of lawyers are perfectionist. I get that. And there's a time and place for that. If you're writing the appellate brief, it needs to be perfect. But I think with video, this is Mo, this is a tip from Mo. I don't think it needs to be perfect. Now, if you're doing a firm overview video, that's going to live on your homepage. Yes, it needs to be a lot more polished and, and, and guss it up. that's a southern term. And um, then I would say the videos that I'm talking about doing, if you are simply trying to shoot q and a videos uh, that you can have on your YouTube channel that are embedded on various practice area pages on your firm that you can then share out periodically and load into Hootsuite Twitter buffer to share out on your social, uh, or that you can then send to potential clients, you know, hey, I've got a question about this. Oh, well, here's Jordan, here's how you handle your property damage. Let me send you a link to the, the property damage video where we answer that question. Um, those videos don't need to be perfect. You don't need a big audio studio and video studio to do it. You can do it just like what I've got right here behind me. In those videos, people want the content, that's it. As long as you've got good lighting, and your sound's not messed up like mine is today but that's just part of it and um you just have to live through it it's just good lighting good 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 audio it doesn't have to be great shoot the video because if you're waiting for it to be perfect you're never going to get it done you're just not or you're not going to get near the volume that you need to get done so my experience has is, is been i just rather get it done and get it out and that's not you know some are better than others but the other thing is um don't worry about bumbling or stumbling it just shows your are human. Side. now, if you just totally bungle it, then you need to start over. But if you get ninety percent of it right, and and your message is there, people are not going to shortchange you and think that you're not professional or anything. That's my experience. Again, there's a different. If if it's the firm overview video and you're doing an interview, yeah, it needs to be a little bit more polished. But if it's these short Q and A videos, or if it's you know what you referenced earlier, in my tips from Mo where I'm just kind of giving life hacks or tips or things that motivate me or, you know, you know, for example, you know, tech tips, things that, that I found helpful, that I've noted that helped me in my personal or professional life that I share out. Those don't have to be perfect. I bumble and stumble and I'll, I'll finish one. And then three seconds later, I'll think, man, I should have said this, but I ain't shooting it again. I got to get it out and get it over. I got other things to do. So embrace video and do that. And then, you know, once you start that in your professional and personal sharing and stuff at your firm and that, um, I think you'll get more comfortable with it. And then, then feel free to go live. You know, for example, a lot of firms do such good in their community and I don't think they share that out in the best way possible. So for example, you know, I'll go out, I'm very passionate as a teacher's husband, um, about school and, and and, in public education. And so I will go volunteer a lot at the school over the years, hadn't as much in the last year because of the pandemic. But if I go out there and, um, I'll shoot. I've shot a video about me reading to the first grade class and about that. They need readers and how much I get out of it and how fun it is and do, and I'll tag the elementary school. And because the the superintendent at the time had been a guest on my show, I'll tag the superintendent of the schools. So of course, they're sharing it out and commenting. Cause I I'm out there, you know, touting why they need to have people readers at their school. But think about all the good that you're doing. If you're out at a food drive or handing stuff out, again it's not the way you handle it is not hey look at us what we're doing it's more of hey here's a need in our community if you're involved in this come out and help the local humane society come out and help with this drive or whatever it is and but don't be scared of video i mean if you can get up in front of a courtroom and argue you can definitely get up in front of a video and do it
0: yeah i mean i i thought it was so interesting when you talked about like for that appellate brief you need to be perfect because i think for marketing we're not writing an appellate brief we're talking to a jury i mean in essence Your juror is your potential client, you know, they're very similar. And I think people love that. You know, it's like, it's like watching that movie. And then during the credits, they roll all the funny bloopers and you end up enjoying the bloopers so much more because you see that human side that nobody's perfect. Um, And also Breezy, if you can zoom in on me, like I've got the uh, going for the ZZ top beard and I do a ton of live video and nobody has ever been like, you look like a, you know, misbehaving trucker or biker or whatever along those lines. You know, I think people just relate to us being human. And I think, you know, from a, from the live show perspective, I think it's actually, you want to have moments that go, don't go perfectly because that's life. You know, that's how it is.
1: Yeah, funny story. So I was interviewing a guest
0: uh, January,
1: February this year on my show. Uh, awesome guest. And um, she is a local uh, television anchor. And um, I had been interviewed by her four or five times at the local station talking about the March of Dimes and how I really made a big impression on her was I sent her a bomb bomb video after she interviewed me one time about two years ago, three years ago. And I said, thank you so much for, you know, supporting the March of Dimes and allowing me to come on and, and talk about this cause that I'm so passionate about. And she was so impressed that I could send her a video email that she emailed me back. And then she started talking to the meteorologist, that works at the station in the mornings and at lunch and found out that he'd been a guest on my show. And so she says, I want to come to your house and do an interview of you and your family. So she did a couple of years ago. So I asked her to be a guest on my show recently. She came on and she's at home, Jordan, and I'm interviewing her and she's like just sitting there like you are, but she's in a, office or bedroom or something where she's doing it and all of a sudden her 10 year old son comes in there to ask her a question and he didn't have a shirt on and he he's just in his shorts and it was just a, a total funny parent mom moment and he's like oh sorry mom i didn't know you were still on that interview and you know he didn't have a she you know he wasn't naked or anything he just didn't have a t-shirt on and uh, it was it was so funny but it was just so natural and just total live video
0: yeah my uh my favorite moment over the last year somebody their cat jumped up on the table and they had like a really nice mic. And the cat just purrs while rubbing against the mic, and it was like Godzilla volume of the purr, and it was just the like it just everybody started laughing. It was such a great moment. It bonded all of us together on the panel. Like it just it, it's wonderful.
1: I, I think it's fun, and and it shows your human side. And 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 for me, you know, kind of kind of further touch on live video. The reason I started a live video show, it it allowed me to really engage with an audience that I couldn't engage with. Otherwise, I could reach out to people in my community who were involved in nonprofits or people who were doing great things in my community or influencers in my community that I thought people would want to know more about their story or share their story. And it's hard just to call the local meteorologist up who I've never met. I'm like everybody else at six in the morning. I just see him on the news and waiting for the forecast for the day and tomorrow. But when I reach out and I say, hey, this is who I am. And I do a live video show. And at that point, I was about 10 episodes in. So I didn't even really have much of a track record. And I just said, hey, I want to talk to people about the dangers of severe weather and what meteorologists do and why your job's so important. Well, man, there's an opening right there. He was like, yeah, I'd love to do that. I mean, fortunately, this station's not far from my office. and This was three years ago. It allows me to do that. I've got, you know, uh, other people like that, millions of examples. But the other thing I would share too, Jordan, is, so that allows me to connect with their audience. Their audience then becomes, some of their audience becomes part of my new audience. I have people that I've had on that support me in everything I do now. I've got multiple people. My wife about two years ago said, Hey, I just posted something about why it's my son's name, his little jump rope for a heart thing. And some woman just gave X amount of dollars. She says, I don't know who that is. I said, I know who that is. I said, that's one of my followers on social. I said, she is passionate about X, Y, Z and started following me once I had a show on that. And she comments routinely on my stuff. And then when my wife had tagged me in that post, she wanted to support what we were doing. Never met her. Don't know her. But I know if she's got a family member in Alabama, or something happens, she'll probably reach out to me for that legal need. Um, so you know, share that out and do you just don't know who's gonna be following and what's going on? And, um, you know, the, the live video allows me to, to connect with those people and cheer and that out, and it introduces me to people that I would never have had an opportunity to meet. But the other thing I was going to say is, I do dovetail in what I do for a living in certain shows and in certain ways. So for an example, I had on the national president of mothers against drunk driving. Well if you're a personal injury lawyer, it doesn't get much more straight on than what you're doing than that. But we didn't talk about Mo the personal injury lawyer. We talked about the dangers of drinking and driving and why what, what their organization is doing. But my knowledge and my skill set certainly allowed me to be really engaged in what we're talking and then naturally I was able to bring up a couple of examples from cases that I've handled as to why that was an issue.
0: Yeah. But, but I love the fact that you are, you're intentionally putting the work second, which I think really helps people engage with the show. And you know, like if the show was just Mo the lawyer talks about being a lawyer, you're not going to get the same amount of traction, but because it's about the community, you know, you, you have people that really connect with it and then you can share, you know, a little bit of it for people to know what you do and who you are, but I just think you made such a smart decision to not make it about that.
1: Nobody wants to hear me talk about contributory negligence or how uninsured motorists lost stacks in LMM. Nobody, unless you're my client and then you don't even wanna care about it unless it helps you. So yeah, I know it's definitely intentional about trying to help people and, and, and share causes and get involved and then naturally weave in what I do for a living as it, as, as it naturally fits.
0: Makes perfect sense. All right. So next one is mistake number five.
1: I think we're on six. Are we on six on or six. five? I think we're on six. So this okay. one you may not like specifically, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to explain Let's why. Let's do it. Okay. So outsourcing your social media. I don't think you can fully outsource it. The lawyers that I have seen be successful at this, do it themselves or in conjunction with a good digital, uh, marketing company. And I think for me, I have to do it in conjunction because I can't outsource the most show. I just can't. That, that's who I am. That's it, It's what I do. My guests are who, my thoughts. I get input from other people. I have my law partner. I have my marketing agency have, has provided suggestions, but I don't think that's something you can outsource. I think you have to have your hand in the cookie jar if you're going to be involved and do a good job of social because a lot of times your social media company is not in your community, so they don't know what's going on in your community for you to be able to say, hey, right across the street every and starting in May, every Thursday from Thursday to the end of August is the Green Street Market in Huntsville. And it's a great, it's a great thing where local vendors and local farmers market people come and do, you know, why don't we, why don't you sponsor that? Or why don't we help with that? Da, 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 da. My SEO company wouldn't know anything about that. They're not here. But when I tell them that this is an idea that I have, then their will start turning. And they're like, OK, how can we leverage this? How can we do a graphic or a post or a promoted post? You know, or the things that we talked about. Yes, we, we leverage our, our, our marketing company all the time to do things like paid ads on social or, or how to best promote stuff or repurposing content. Right. So, for example, pull the curtain back a little bit. And this kind of helps some people who are, you know, the same mindset that I have when I see Mitch Jackson or, or when I've seen what Mitch does or other lawyers do. Uh, and I'm like, there's just no way I can, when, when do they, when do they have time to practice law? When do they have time to do anything? How are they doing all of this? So I think a lot of that is, is bringing in your marketing company or for not only that year or so I've hired a virtual assistant. And so that has allowed me to outsource a lot of the repurposing part of it. And to be frank, when I started the most show, I I just started the show. I didn't repurpose anything. I had to get the show going and get it grinding first. And then it started with a YouTube channel and then it went to a podcast and then it went to audiograms. So I just kind of built on it. But so for example, my, my virtual assistant, she's fantastic. She, she will take the show. I'll email the guests, confirm that. And once I do that, she goes into StreamYard, sets up everything in StreamYard. I don't have to do any of that. She creates the graphic and the blog post to pre promote the show. She shares that out. I don't do that. I I approve the content. And then um, once we get that lined up, I'll do the show. And then after I do the show, then the post promotion that we talked about earlier starts that she does. She sends the video and the, the audio from the video to Rev. She then uploads it and tags it to YouTube. She then, you know, once we get the audio back, creates the podcast. She then will send me uh, several examples or possible um, audiograms from Headline or APP. But I, can't, I don't have time to do all that. So that's a way I can leverage, you know, an agency or a VA or both to help me. But I still think you as a law firm need to have your hands involved because. Where I see like some of my competitors and some of my friends they'll outsource it, and it's these these terrible graphics that I'm telling you about interact need to check graphics, and it just looks so fake and just not realistic and not humanistic and um, I think you need to be involved in it in some aspect
0: you will not hear me complaining about that it I, I actually think it's funny because i um I think it was Larry Weinstein who talked about like you can have it done for you done. Bought, do it, you can do it yourself, have it done for you, or have it done with you. And I always look at, so really any marketing for at least the first you know, three to six months should be done with you in some manner. Social media, obviously, um, I'm right there with you because you are so correct on the benefits of really having that awareness of the community that you're not going to be able to outsource. I totally
1: agree. Yeah. And Larry does a great job, by
0: the way. He, he is a,
1: he's, a, he's a friend. And going back to what I talked about earlier, he's somebody I would have never met but for social. In, in meeting and being in some of the mastermind groups that I've been in and, been, and attending some conferences. He's a CPA, for goodness sake. you know, A CPA and, and, for lawyers. Well, of course, yeah, I know. And he does a great job with his marketing follow-up. I, I was on his podcast a while back and got this nice little box of tea and uh, you know Yeti mug and all these nice little you know, perks for being on, on the CPA for Lawyers podcast. But he does a great job. And there are so many people out there, guys. If, if you're looking to break into this space to do it, there are a lot of people that you can, you know, emulate. And, and, you know, what I would say is, you know, it needs to be you and your branding and your personality, but, but, you know, don't, don't reinvent the wheel. I mean, if you see things that are working, don't worry about kind of emulating or copying that um, and, and and putting your own personal spin on it. But, but I, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, break and do something nobody else has done. I mean, there are a lot of lawyers around the country doing it. What, what I, what's interesting though, is nobody in my community is doing, for the most part, you know, my buddy Bernard Domberg does a lot of video live show and does a great job with social down in Birmingham. But he and I are really the only ones around in Alabama doing anything like this. So lawyers are really surprised when they see and do. And I have lawyers reaching out to me about how are you doing this? Are you getting anything out of it kind of thing? And, you know, how how hard is it? And I can assure you what I'm doing is evidenced by the fact I can't figure out how to control the mic in on this, this uh, Blue Yeti today. It, I, I'm not that most tech savvy person. I know enough just to be dangerous to get me by, and that's really all you need to know. And then you can outsource the rest.
0: Yeah, I mean, I even if there were ten people in Alabama doing the similar stuff, you would still have access to, you know, hundreds of thousands of people each. You know, you've got 1.3 million attorneys across the country. How many have a, you know, how many have their own firm? Smaller number. How many have their own podcast? Smaller number. Or Facebook live show? Even smaller number. You know, let alone in your let alone in your state, let alone in your city, let alone in your county. You know, it's just it's amazing to me. There's always going to be a niche as long as you genuinely try to make it valuable, genuinely care, genuinely share, you know, authentically awesome stories.
1: hundred percent. And and um, there's just too much content out there that, that you can share and do that, that. I think you'd be surprised when you share it out. People will be interested by it and do. And engaged and want to engage with you and people want to support you and they want to support the causes that you support and uh, you know <clears throat> you know just sharing out things about life and doing whether it's you know my, being a dad or you know work stuff i share out stuff here that frustrates me and, and grounds my gears and um and, and i think about it in a little different spin how can i present something that that is difficult to do and certainly not sharing anything that, that's private or, or, or confidential, but sharing things out that go on the legal process or things that frustrate me. And I've got something that's been in my ear for the last, since last week, I took a bunch of depositions last week and I'm thinking, this is wrong. I, I need to talk about this somehow in a tip or something. And I've got an idea and I'm going I'm to do that probably tomorrow. And, and it's just one of these things that share now and people, people are going to engage with it. I think because you're not going to be the only one that, you know, you know, for example, grind your gears when people are late. you know, it just grinds. I mean, and you know, I mean, you know, there are people who are late people, but I can't stand it. And my kid knows it. Right. I mean, he's like, Dad, Dad, look, look, we're, we're not going to be at baseball on time. I said, buddy, we're going to be there. He's like, but dad, if we're not early, we're late. I said, you got it. That's it, man. That's it. And And that was ingrained in me by my high school football coach. And the way he said, it, it's probably not a way I can say on video. he said you better get your butt out there and be ready to practice at a certain time and that stuck with me and um and so but those are things that i share out and do and you know i'll get pushback i'll get pushback from people who are the late people and they they love it and do and we have a fun exchange with it and do but but don't be afraid to get out there and push it and and share share and engage and 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 be consistent with it and and i I promise you if you'll do this and not say for a month but for six months or a year give yourself a long-term time frame you're going to find some traction with it
0: yeah along those lines um they had it was like a you know dad humor or something like that where it goes you know my coach made me run laps the other day because i was late to football practice my dad's the coach and he's the one who drove me there and i always i just that stuck with me so much i thought it was so funny um all right so we're getting towards the end here uh so for everybody watching this listening to it on monday we have stephanie everett of lawyerist on Stephanie's going to be talking to us about four easy ways to build a healthier firm. So, I am very curious to see uh, building an, a healthier firm. I didn't know that there were any easy ways, but Stephanie's going to share four of them with us. And I don't know that there, there may not be anybody better suited to tell that story than somebody involved with Lawyerist. All right. Um, so, I am going to dive into your brain for one more golden nugget of wisdom. So, if somebody's been listening to this for the last 50 something minutes, and they take nothing away from this except this one thing. What is the biggest piece of advice you have to help people become the Exhibit A of a successful attorney?
1: Sharing your human side, and, and, and that's it. And, and whatever the most comfortable way. If you're not comfortable, if, if you just say I can't be, I can't be a video person, that's okay. And, and, and do you're not comfortable with a lot of video? Show you don't have time. But, but share who you are in, in in who you are at a core level at whatever it is that the three to four things that that, that you're super passionate about um, share that out and um, I promise if you'll give yourself the freedom to do that you're gonna find out that there's a whole segment of people out there that you don't really know well or engage with beforehand that are gonna engage with you on social media because they're passionate about the same things
0: yeah and it's always amazing to me like you know, I've got a, um, I've got a former client who is a big Bills fan, and I'm a Dolphins fan. I'm from South Florida. That's the curse that I was given. Although, we got your uh, I really hope your former quarterback has a better second year with us. <laughs> um, but like, you know, the, somehow this client and I like on day one we're talking about football and, and going through the whole thing, and then obviously you know the week sixteen last NFL season, he sent me like five emails just blasting, "You guys are trash! I can't believe this! Like, we're gonna hit a hundred! You know, benching everybody." But it was just such a funny, like genuine human moment that we both realized. Like at the end of the day, you know, it's football. It's a sport. It's for fun. And so we've just had done quite a good job bonding over it for the, over the last couple of years. So even even if you are passionate, even if you don't agree on the topic that you are passionate about, you can still build some really good connections with people.
1: Hundred percent, and that happens all the time. But you're never going to build that bond if you don't share it out to start with.
0: Love it. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Awesome. Thank you guys for the opportunity.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Exhibit A Attorneys. If you're interested in becoming the Exhibit A of successful attorney, please check us out at LegalEaseMarketing.com. E-A-S-E.